What's going on, everybody? This is Dan here with the Putting It Up podcast. Here with Lions, my regular co-host. Lions, say what's up. Good to do, my guys. And then our special guest, Jalen, for the last couple of episodes, is back again with us. He'll be with us going forward for a little while because he's he's killing the game with these questions here. So, Jalen, say what's up. What's good, everyone? All right. So, last couple episodes, we talked about you know our question series. We just talked about the questions. We came up with questions and discussed over the past of the NBA, the NBA history. Uh, with this one, with the bubble coming right back in the next few days here and playoffs getting started soon, we wanted to hop right back into the current present-day NBA, talk about the questions we have about today's NBA and the bubble specifically. So the first question I'm going to give right to Lions. Lions, what's your question? We're going right into the current. You know, over past years, uh, we talked about, like, oh, should this championship have an asterisk on it? Because we've had so-and-so get injured, it's always been based around injuries. This year is kind of different. We have the whole pandemic situation with the coronavirus. Yeah, people maybe not being in the right mental aspect with this whole different setup. We have a whole different situation that we've had in the past. So I guess to put it sweet and simple, should we put an asterisk on the season because of everything going on, and especially with Ross people are trying to get it off their bodies, or should we just kind of play it out as – all right, whoever wins this year, they definitely get the championship, no questions asked. Jalen, I have you start out with this one. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I believe there should be no asterisks. I think every year, I mean, there's stuff that happens. The best example is going to be last year. You got Golden State, who they're missing. Um, two of their guys go out in the middle of the finals, and, I mean – what are we going to say that was an asterisk? Like, yeah, it's going to be a little different if anyone does get Corona. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, all the teams have fair ground. They're all dealing with it. They all have the same amount of chance. Um, so I just think, yeah, there's no home court and all that stuff. But honestly, I, I think it's fair for everyone and it's going to be tough for everyone. So even in, in that, that's my opinion. I believe like there'll be some people who – Especially your Braun fans, if he loses, like, oh, it doesn't count. Or your Braun haters who, who will be like, oh, well, it doesn't even, like, his fourth doesn't count because of this. But, I mean, let's be honest, it's all fair game. When there's a when there's a lockout, like, they all play the same amount of games. They've all had the same amount of time to train. So, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anyone, they, we should count it as a championship. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, John, I, I actually agree with you on that. So my short answer is no, I don't think there should be an asterisk. While Lions have talked about it, this is something we've never seen. You know, any any previous champions of the last however many years, we've never seen something like this. But Jalen, you said that we've seen things in terms of a lockout. In 2012, when the Heat won, there was a lockout shortened season. We didn't really say anything about that. We don't, you know, say, oh, you know, that championship doesn't count because of a lockout, right? You mentioned again last year with KD and, and Clay going out in the finals. We don't really count it as, hey, the Raptors didn't really win or Kawhi didn't get a, really get a second ring. Whatever happened, in, in every season there's things that happen, like you said. This is obviously something extreme that we've never seen before, but I think you hit it right on when you said everybody has the same, is going through the same thing. So everybody that's in the bubble is dealing with the same things in terms of being tested every day, being stuck in a bubble, not being able to see their family, not being able to do whatever it is that they like to do on a regular basis. Everybody's going through the same thing. So that's why I don't think this should be an asterisk. And to go a step further, I actually think whoever wins this, this is going to be the hardest championship to win ever, right, because of the circumstances that we're going with right now. So I think whoever wins the championship 
should be even a little, you know, given a little more credit just because of the situation. Again, I think this is going to be the hardest championship anyone's ever had to win. So that's my simple answer to this. Lions, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I got to agree with your points. So I'm just going to put it out there. There's definitely no asterisk, but I agree with a couple things that you guys said. So especially with uh, Jalen and saying that uh, – actually, no, let me start with Dan. Saying that this actually might be one of the hardest seasons of winning just because everything's that's going on and that we haven't seen anything quite like this. Like it, it creates – and this is kind of going in the Jalen's aspect. Like everyone kind of has that same equal opportunity to go for the same thing. Like no one's at more of a disadvantage than anyone else, especially since they're all in the same kind of environment. They've had the same amount of time off and seen the rest of their teammates in a certain amount of time. Like they're all going into this new, they're all going into this fresh, all with the same goal. And realistically, like even someone gets coronavirus, like kind of looking at today, we just got a report from Sham saying that there's been zero cases out of everyone that's been tested today. We love to see it. Kind of goes back to that. Oh, maybe if someone gets injured, maybe if someone gets corona down the line, and would it affect it? I wouldn't say so, especially because we all kind of—they're all living in the same environment. So, looking at it from that perspective, like, whoever wins it, wins it at that point. Put an asterisk on a championship, and it'd be kind of hard for me to imagine an environment to put an asterisk on a championship. But speaking of the championship, though, I actually did kind of want to about the championship and how everyone kind of winds up all the teams that are going into the bubble so i'm going off a previous segment that i've seen in the past uh, about a contender a dark horse for the championship and a pretender someone who's kind of there but doesn't really have much of a chance so i want to name off some teams to you guys and we can talk about where they rank among those three categories and I think we're going to start off with a, kind of a simple one. I want to start off with the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you guys think? I think Contender. the contenders, yeah, contending. Contender, we'll just, we'll just get that one out of the way. We don't really have much to talk about with that one. Uh, let me go into more of a controversial one. We'll stay with the East, and we'll kind of get more into just random teams as we go on to kind of keep it interesting. I'm going to go with the 76ers. What do you guys think about them? I say dark horse. I also have them as a dark horse. In the beginning sure, of the season, I, wanna... I had I had them in Milwaukee neck and neck before the season started. Obviously, that didn't end up the way it is. But I think Ben Simmons switching positions and playing the four spot is going to really help this team out. They're going to actually mesh a lot better. So I actually see them as being a dark horse uh, possible contender. And the one thing I'll say about Philly too is um. I think this bubble situation could help them out a lot because they were one of the worst teams on the road last year. I mean, uh, sorry, uh, like this year. Very now, true. I mean, they, now they're not playing yeah. on the road. I mean, you know what I mean? There's no home court advantage for the other team, so. Right. I guess that's what I was kind of kind of get into because I saw that Philly did have a record of 29-2 at home, which is absolutely insane. So yeah. definitely have no one getting home court advantage here, but – you definitely saw Philly have a home court advantage when we were playing in Philly. Do you think it's going to affect them kind of having a neutral court advantage? Like, no one really has a home court. They're going to replicate each team's court when they're down in Orlando. Like, are they going to be able to feed off the actual court they're playing on, or do you think it's more of a factor of 
the fans around them kind of feeding into that uh, same environment that they're used yeah. to playing in. Like, See, in my, in my in my opinion, um, I don't I don't I don't really think there's a lot of like home like teams that are really. I feel like every team, if you're good, should be good at home. What I what I feel though is like if you're a real good contender, then you play well on the road. And if you don't play well on the road, that may, you might still be a good team, but you just can't. Um, overcome adversity because you have so much outside factors um, going on. So, for my in my opinion, I feel like this bubble, it's not going to lean more into the category of oh, Philly doesn't get to play at home where they've won ninety percent of their games. I feel like it benefits the other way that they don't have to play against opposing fans and dealing with adversity when obviously the other team's feeling themselves more. Where they've played a lot poor, so that's that's my that's my opinion on that. Well, I see it as kind of like a, it's going to be a kind of a balance because, like you said, they play they win ninety percent of their games at home. There's not going to be no home court, but they also played so poorly on the road, and that road factor is not going to be there. So I think it'll balance out. They obviously won't win ninety percent of their games, or at least I don't think they'll win ninety percent of their games. I don't think they'll lose as many games as they did on the road in this little bubble. So I think it'll balance out, and it'll be what you know, kind of what I expected Philly to be as one of the top, you know, two, three, four teams in the in the East going into the season. So their home road issues that they got going on outside of the other issues inside their organization, period, uh, I think this will help balance it out. Like I said, I don't think they're going to be have the same home record in the bubble that they did at home this season, and I don't think it'll be the same thing what they had on the road. It'll be a balance, and we'll see. We'll actually see what Philly was supposed to be this season. That's what I think. That's why I have them as a dark horse. Right, and I definitely agree in that. Like, I definitely have them as a dark horse, but like, I just to kind of round it out as Jalen having one end of the spectrum, Dan taking middle ground, and I'm gonna take the other end of the spectrum. Like, I think when it comes to home court advantage, it definitely feeds off your own fans. When it comes to playing away, instead of being intimidated by away fans, I think it becomes a situation of where you don't have yourself being backed up by the support of your home fans um, in that type of situation, then that kind of gets to you. And this is going to be a very type of si- different situation considering that there's no fans at all. So we'll see how they react to that. But regardless of that, like I definitely see them as dark horse. And normally if I saw someone with that type of record where they're so bad on the road and so good at home, if I were to put that team, regardless of talent, in this type of situation... I'd be like, okay, they're a pretender. Like, they have a decent record, but I don't think they're going to do much. Just because of Philly's talent, because I think they have a lot of talent on the roster, and even though I think Brett Brown used to be better coach, I saw him as a better coach maybe a year or two ago than I see him right now. I think they'll be able to collect themselves and put themselves in the situation to potentially win. I don't think it's likely, but there's a chance. So for that reason, I'll put them as a dark horse. I think if they don't, if they don't reach the conference finals – um, Brett Brown's getting canned. He should have been canned after season. last season. He should have been gone. Yeah, no, nah, I agree. He'd definitely be out of there if they don't receive some conference. Speaking of the conference finals, I want to bring it over to the West. And obviously, we have our uh, two LA teams being the favorites. So I kind of just want to skip that over for right now and talk about one of the more talented rosters, especially on the defensive end, where they stand, see if they have any chance, even though they may not have the most name record about recognizable lineup with Denver who are currently third in the West. Where do we see them being? Pretenders. One thousand percent pretenders. 
pretender. Really? Absolutely. Really? I, you know, Lions, you know more than anybody, I do not believe in Jokic at all. Like, at all. People, I don't know what people see in him. I, I just don't, I'm not a Jokic fan whatsoever. They don't have a guy, they have, I guess Jamal Murray's their closer. If he, there you go. I don't really have to say much else. That's no, really honestly, it. honestly, Will Barton, Will Barton had the ball in his hands a lot in the fourth quarter for them this year. Even more to my point. He's improved though. I will say he he he's he's um he's improved a lot as a scorer. But yeah, man, in the playoffs when they're playing against the Lakers or the Clippers, any of those guys, like nah. I just don't have faith in that that team. Period. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really have I got, faith I got in Mike Malone either. So I'm as a pretender too. The only thing I really got going for Denver is that, even though it's weird because I don't follow them as much as I should, where they're one of the top defensive teams in the league, and I don't exactly see how that is. Even though I may see some guys doing their thing out there, like like all right, how are these guys one of the best defensive teams in the league? Typically, when it comes to all right, are you going to win a title? You got to have that top A guy. And you're gonna have a supporting cast around you. They're deep, but they don't have that top leader in terms of making the plays for them, in terms of impacting winning. Like Jokic would be one of the best secondary options in the league, especially with his playmaking. The fact that he's their first option, you have a guy like Jamal Murray, who's all right, you know, he's okay. But he's their second option with the squad they got around him after that. Yeah, I can't see it. I, I'm gonna agree with the pretender. You know who they remind oh, me of? You know who they remind me of? They remind me a lot of the Hawks teams, like back like when the 2014 yeah. when they yep. had the four Yeah, whatever yep. years they were, just that team was just they were so good in the regular season. They looked, you know, fantastic. But when you ask the question, like, all right, who's the guy? They don't really have any. Like, I know Jokic is their guy, quote unquote. But like, I'm talking about the guy. You know, fourth quarter. You know, things get things things start to get you know real iffy. Here's the ball, take it to the promised land. I don't think they have that guy. It's neither the Hawks. So they're always a good regular season team, but it's the exact same thing I see here. I just don't think they can compete for a championship. The one thing yeah. though, I'll give I'll give Denver is Denver. Um, they have a little a potential um, like golden ticket in uh, Michael Porter Jr. Because I think if he Man, he, he he has game, and if he can stay healthy and uh, fulfill his p- potential, like because he he hasn't been playing, he's been playing limited minutes. Right. He's looked good though. He's looked good in his. But minutes. the minutes I've seen him, he's been really good, and he has he passes the eye test, man. When you see that dude hoop with his size and just it's not, it, it reminds me of a little mix of like um, kind of a T Mac Paul George, in that. Just he's so smooth for his height and he's long, mm-hmm. and um, he's the guy that yeah. This year we're talking this year, yeah, they're a pretender. But I mean, in next year, if that guy can, you know, he's gonna be in his third year. If he makes the leap, then they become. I mean, they they could they could play against any team in the West. He's their one guy that he needs to make that leap. And hopefully, Mike Malone can kind of figure that out with his coaching position, where they either make the roster space for him. They decide, all right, even though this other guy's better than them right now, we have to develop MBJ because it can be that weapon in the future. No, but, they, they have been. They have been. Like, they've, um, they actually, they put him on a minute limit. And then as the year went on, he pretty much said, like, I have to play this guy minutes. I can't take him off. He's been playing some of the best basketball. So I'm, I'm curious. He hasn't played that. enough, though, which is super nah, yeah. 
Spoiler alert, Sorry. it's not going to work. Just letting you know. I, I agree with MPJ is one of the most talented young guys in the league, but it won't work. Jokic, they're going to have to move Jokic. They're going to have to move somebody. Something's going to have to happen in order for that team to succeed. And I, I don't think Mike Malone's the guy to make those right calls in terms of playing MPJ where he needs to be pay, uh, played, managing Jokic, managing Jamal, managing all those guys together. I just don't think they're talented enough. I don't think Malone's a good enough coach. I just don't see it. Ooh, I like I like Malone, man. I think I think he's a good coach. A huge on Malone, but I can definitely see your point. Yeah. I can definitely say that all of us agree on the pretender standpoint of Denver. As of right now, I'm going to keep it into the West. Uh, kind of go two at a time here between the East and the West and just talk about these teams. Another team somewhat similar to Denver in terms of them having maybe that one guy that might not be that one guy who's the top four in their conference right now is Utah. And, you know, Utah has been pretty good this season, but, like, realistically, when you think of Utah, do you think them as a, of them as a championship team? I don't, I, I don't know. Let's talk about it. Pretenders. Yeah, so I should have actually said this last question, but so in my opinion, just to go back off your last question about the Astrich, any of my pretenders – if any of these teams win, then I think there should be an asterisk. Like, if you're looking at the history books and you see the Utah Jazz won, you're like, yo, something happened this year because Donovan <laughs> Mitchell and Gobert won a championship. Nah, something happened. Oh, that was the Corona year. So they're a pretender. <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing with, with the Nuggets. Like, if the Nuggets won, you're like, oh, yo, yeah, that wasn't no normal year. Um, but, yeah, man, Utah just – and one, one thing about Utah, too, is they – um. They lost up, but but how do you pronounce his name? Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Yeah. yeah, whatever yeah. his name is. But yeah, his they lost him. Yeah, he's a he's a big piece of their team. People don't realize he's yeah, a big Ingles, piece. Ingles, Ingles, Ingles took a step down this year. He, he took three or four out. steps down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a big part of how they've even been able to like keep their success. But yeah, man, pretender all day. No, I'm gonna. I'll let Dan get into this after, but I'm going to agree they're a pretender. Simply, I don't think they have enough star power yet, and the fact that their second-best player is simply a burn protector, that's not going to cut it nowadays in today's NBA. you got to have a plethora of offense, which they can somewhat generate in the regular season when everyone's locking up on D. I don't like I like Quinn Snyder as a coach. I really like Quinn Snyder as a coach. I think he's more a defensive coach. I don't think he'll be able to set the offensive strategies, and I think the people that he's got around him and won't be able to generate enough offense. And you think going into the season, okay, you got Mike Conley as a floor general trying to generate that offense. Really, it's kind of hard to see Mike Conley take that step off he's that he's taken. He's been he's bad. He's been bad. He's been especially with the shooting splits. Like the guy's just not been able to put the ball into the hoop. And so surprising to too. But, so I, surprising. but I, I also think with that though, that that goes back to what you're saying about Quinn Snyder not being an offensive minded coach. I think if you took this team and put him with a, like a, let's say a Mike D'Antoni or even like a, a Nick Nurse or a Budenholzer or something like that, having Mike Conley along with Mitchell, I think they can. I think that should be good. That should be a. You should have a really good uh, foundation as your backcourt. Your offense should be pro, pro, How do you say that word? Prolific. I, right. I don't know though, dude. If you just watch the game though, like he's just been. I've watched a couple. He of looks basketball. uncomfortable because he, he. I don't think he understands or believes in the system they're trying to run on offense. Their know, offensive bro, sets just, don't look I, right. I just see him miss wide open shots. Like I don't care about your yeah. offense. But that, You're but missing. that, see, but that comes with repetition and with time in the system. 
when he gets the ball, he's not he's not that's not first of all, it's not where he's accustomed to getting the ball, right? And two, it's just the repetition of being in a system over and over and over and over and over again. That's where hitting those shots will come into play. I know he's a shooters are just shooters, but the system has a lot to do with that as well. You know but what I see I'm saying? that more of a standpoint from someone going from high school into college than maybe someone from an NBA team going to a different NBA team. If you're in the NBA, you have that amount of skill in your repertoire. Yeah. Like if you're wide open from the top of the key, no matter where you expect expect the ball, maybe within your first three, four games, you might be caught a little off guard. But if you're going 40, 50 games into the season and you still can't knock down on that shot, something's wrong with your game, and it really hurts to see with my comments. Let's be, let's be honest. He's been a borderline all-star for the last four or five years. He's never, like, if he was in the E, he'd be a probably three or four-time all-star. And that's so, kind of like, what I was saying about this team. Like, if this team was in the East, I could probably see them being a dark horse. I just don't see this team being the Lakers. I don't see this team being the Clippers. Nah. I don't even see them being the Rockets. Like, they I, don't have right. the wings. They don't have right, the wings. Right, to defend that's those guys. The, the only thing with the, the Jazz is, like, the only part they have going with them is the wing, with the wings is they had Bogdanovich, who was really Yeah, but he's not guarding anybody, have picture now. And the only yeah. other person who's kind of slept on, to be honest, I'm just going to bring his no- name up. Like, he's not anything... Insane, but I just want to bring his name up. Is Royce O'Neal? I was just about to say, I like him. Who's kind of made himself a name for himself this year? I agree. At the same time, that's not going to be enough to push yourself over the edge to give you a chance to go win a ring. You know, they're not getting out of the first round. Let's be honest. Speaking of not getting out of the first round, uh, let's bring up the Miami Heat. Uh, I want to see where you've got to be joking me. I want to see where we think the Miami Heat. Content? Are. No, I'm kidding. They're to me, they're a dark horse to get out of the East. <laughs> Laugh at me all you want. Milwaukee Bucks haven't beat them this season. Raptors haven't beaten them this season. They're a dark horse to me. They're the one team that I've seen all season that was able to not stop Giannis because you don't just stop Giannis. I don't care what who you are, you don't, yeah, stop, Giannis. You don't stop Giannis. But yeah, yeah. to slow him down and make him very uncomfortable. I think they took a page out of the Raptors book last season, and what the Raptors did in the playoffs is they kind of built the wall so that Giannis couldn't just, you know, go to the rim. Bam Adebayo is the the best defender I've seen on Giannis. Period in the whole league. I haven't seen another player play Giannis as well as Bam has all season. And hmm. Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, I think, is one of those guys that can take me there. The shooters that they have, the defense that they play. To me, if anybody in the East was to knock off Milwaukee. It's Miami. The problem is I'm not sure they can beat Toronto or they can beat Boston. But right? they're not going to play them. They're probably not going to play them. They're right now they're They'll probably games. play Milwaukee in the second round. Yeah, but I uh, let's say Philly and Indiana are tied right now. What if they play Philly? I mean, I don't, I feel like it's a different ball game. But I'm yeah, just saying, I'm thing, just saying. Yeah. It's that's that's the thing about Miami and that I'll, I'll admit that it's, it's a lot about matchup for them. The only way for them to come out of the East, the matchup would have to work. But I think the teams that they got to be scared of the most, you, you brought up Philly, who they actually, Philly hasn't beaten Miami this season either. But Philly is one, and I think Boston's two. Miami and Toronto, if they were to play, that's a toss-up series for me, in my opinion. I think the only two teams I could see you know, beating Miami really is Boston and Philly. Because I, th- I, I genuinely think... Miami has a chance to beat Milwaukee if they if they play in the second round or whatever whenever they play. I genuinely think they can beat them. May take seven games, but I think they can do it. 
And that's what I thought about the Celtics last year, let me tell you. I picked Boston to win that series last year. Yeah, exactly. I, lost, I lost so much money on that series. Not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the thing with my I book I I, I took I took Kyrie Irving's <laughs> points for like over twenty three points the last two games, dude. Didn't, uh, didn't even, bro, I don't mean to get off topic, but didn't Kyrie shoot like it was something uh, atrocious? Dude. And he said, I, Well, this won't happen bad. again. He said this and won't happen he again. He worse. literally shot the exact same thing, if not worse, the next game. No, he so shot. He sure shot he one more shot. Twenty-four one game. He Hold shot on. one. He shot one more shot. I think he, he went like nine for twenty-seven, and then he said, "I should shoot more." In the next game, he shot nine for twenty-eight or something like that. But right. he shot one more yeah. shot. So, and then anyway. for some reason, he kept wanting to switch on Giannis. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's besides the point. All right, let me yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, that. yeah, I'm saying Miami, Miami, and my. Um. I don't know, dude. I'm saying I'm saying a pretender just because in my like in my opinion they have to be like for you to be a dark horse, you have to be a team who I can at least bet on making the second round. And as of right now, they're gonna they're pretty much locked in the fourth spot. Um so they're gonna be playing either um they're gonna play either Philly or Indiana in the first in the first round, and I just I don't see them Philly, and I just I don't know I don't think they're gonna beat Milwaukee. So fair. I just I'm, I'm just the Heat fan. So put the Heat at pretenders, borderline Jesus dark horse, Christ. simply because I see the vision, Heat, but I don't see the friendship with that team i don't see the playoff experience with them and it's their, yeah, they it's their first year together run. it's their first year together like there's there's zero percent chance they're gonna win the championship all right we'll be back exactly. here we'll be back here in october talking about miami being the champion i'm going <laughs> i'm gonna make a parade i know there won't be no parade for this damn coronavirus but i will make a parade i'll be there i'll be leading the charge on that y'all wait y'all wait yeah all right you run real quick so we can get to, into some uh, other topics of discussion we're going to look at the top two, the top 22 teams of each. Uh, well, the top 22 teams are in the bubble, uh, but we don't want this to run for three hours. So I'm going to kind of get into a speed run of this and see what we think of each team. Maybe we can say one thing about them. Maybe not. If it's obvious, it's obvious. If it's not, it's not. But I'm just going to go from the top of the east and run it down to the west, to the bottom of the west, and we'll kind of see what we have to say. I already brought up the Bucks. Let's just get into the Raptors. What do we have the Raptors at? I have Pretender, man. I got Dark Horse. Whoa. I got Dark Horse for sure. Yeah, I just like Siakam. I'll just leave it at that. I don't even really like Siakam, but I think their their team, Nick Nurse, is, Nick Nurse will do enough. What's up, Jalen? They're, they're, they're lucky because um, they're probably going to, unless Boston wins the second seed, they're probably going to play Brooklyn, who's pretty much a D-League team right now. Um, I'm, see, that's then, another thing. I got a campaign for Brooklyn to sign me. I'm in Orlando. I don't got nothing going on. I just tested negative for the COVID. I'm good to play. Just sign me. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, man. I just I don't I don't think I I, I don't think they're beating uh, Boston the second round with no home court. But speaking of Boston's Boston, just more talented. Speaking of Boston, let's get into Boston. What do we got to say about them? Personally, I got them as a dark horse, even though like they're. I, I was making the experience for the heat, or I was making the argument for the heat that they're inexperienced. 
you can say the past couple of years the Boston's had some experience in the playoffs, but like, Dark Horse, but I don't think we're going to beat Milwaukee, to be honest. Dark Horse. Dark Horse. In my opinion, they have the best. If you look at the team's top four best players, they have the best four in the NBA. Just off of that, they got four guys who can get you 30 any game potentially. I mean. Who are these four guys? Jalen Hayward. Yeah, Gordon, Hayward? Hayward? Hayward's getting me 30? Bro. Oh, okay. Hayward's healthy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. No, no, that's fine. No, I think I, I think I said 30. I think I said 30. I meant 30. No, didn't I say 30? What did I say? Did I say 40? I meant 30. I think you said 40, yeah. Regardless. Yeah, oh, but I mean, Hayward, and, and Hayward, no 30 points. Hayward's, Hayward, Hayward's been there. I mean, Hayward's done done it in the past. He's won a playoff series as the best guy, so. <sighs> sure. Anyway, let's sure. keep moving. Next, let me wrap up the East with that because I don't care about the Pacers or anything under that. So I'm just going to go back into the Western Conference. We're going to have – I'm just going to put both of them together because it's kind of obvious. we got the Lakers and the Clippers. What have we got? Contenders. Contenders. Yeah, yeah, all right, obviously. I mean, two of the best teams in the NBA. We talked about the Nuggets. We talked about the Jazz. Two together because I kind of feel like they're in the same boat, especially since they have the same record. Let's talk about the Thunder and the Rockets. They might not be in the same yeah, boat. Yeah, they're not at all the same boat. No. Because yeah, to no, me. Actually, well, all right, let's do the Thunder, and then we'll do the Rockets. So what do you got to say about the Thunder? Pretender. Pretender. Uh, unfortunately, I agree. I love what they're doing this year. Don't get me wrong. I, I love their story, but they're a pretender. Yep. Shea, give Shea one more year. I think that kid's going to be Shea is my guy. I love Shea. And then, All right. And then, so what are you saying, Dad? Houston. I was just saying Houston's next. Oh, yeah, definitely. Houston's next. Two of the top players in the NBA. We got Harden and Westbrook with the small ball. What are we thinking? Dark horse. Dark horse. If, I know the I know the small ball is kind of crazy, but if they, it has to go right for them. But if they click, they can beat anybody in the West. They can beat anybody in the league. To be honest with you, if they, they click, do it. They it, do the it chances right. of them clicking is is rough. But if they do and they and they just they hit for you know a couple weeks, I think they can beat anybody in the league. Could there's definitely a chance. I, I, I got to go with that. All right, so and got... I think every good team. One more thing. What do you guys think about Dallas? Yeah. Pretender. Not yet. Unfortunately, I agree. Not I yet. love I love Luca. KP's been having a good comeback year, especially after the slow start that he had at the beginning of the year. And then everything after that is just kinda like all right, they're cool and everything, but yeah, they're not gonna win it all. Not yet. So year or two right that and let's get into what we gotta talk about next. So what do we got to talk about next, guys? Jalen, I think your question's up, right? What do you got? Yeah, so all right. My question is I want to list the top five players in uh, each position. But instead of doing, you know, the the standard point guard, shooting guard, small forward, let's just break it up in modern basketball. So we're going to break it up as a ball handlers. So what that's going to be is your, like, your guards who are bringing up the ball, like your Kyrie's, Luca's in that conversation. So real quick, are we not um, including LeBron in that? Because he played no, point so LeBron, year. LeBron is a wing. Okay. Just because I'm gonna put it as more of who you're guarding. Okay. No, fair. I just want. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, the Harden to go under that. Um, all right, we don't name everybody. Let's get the like, list. Uh, all right, uh, wings. Yeah, you got like you know any any like a three or four. Um, you could put like Pascal Tatum under that. Um, just you know, maybe even a guy like Bradley Beal. Also, I just want to include just to kind of want to interrupt you, especially since you brought Bradley Beal like. 
I was going to ask about a guy like Steph Curry, like even though he's not in the bubble and he's been injured, like are we going to include oh, guys yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, so we'll just, yeah, we'll, we'll count everyone if everyone is healthy. So KD, John Wall, um, Steph, Clay, they're all, they're all eligible. Okay, um, And then we'll go, we'll go bigs. So anyone, you know, your, these will be like your, you know, your your guys who can your play bigs. center. Who, your bigs. Yeah, your bigs. Even like we'll we'll put Draymond in this category. You know, guys that'll that'll be guarding centers. Um, not like your your power forward who could be a three. God, even Zion would be in this, but yeah, uh, who wants to start it off? I'll go ahead. So I'll start. Clarify, we got we got ball handlers, we got wings, and we got bigs. Yep. All right. Yeah, Dan, let's hear it. All right. So for my ball handlers. This is this is to me in order from one through five. So number one, I've got Steph. Still think he's the best guard in the league when healthy. Two, I've got Harden. I put him in there because he he's basically a point guard. You know what I mean? Uh, three, I've got Dame. You know, Dame Dame's a killer. Four, I've got Luca. And five, I actually this was tough for me. I was I was in between Russ and Kyrie, and I actually went Russ a year ago. I would have said Kyrie, but. I'm going to go with it. Russ had a great end of the season, so I'm, I'm going to take Russ. I'm just going to go just to kind of get out of the way. Like, I, I want to argue with you, Dan. I really do, <laughs> but can't. I have the exact same order. I'm just going to do my top five and not give an order, but, like, I completely agree with that order. When Steph's on, like, he's one of the most lethal players in the league. Arden, obviously, like, he hasn't done much in terms of the playoffs, like he's gone to the finals as a six man, never really reached the finals as being the best player on the team. But like the guy's an absolute scorer, and no one can deny it. Game, we've seen what he can do in the playoffs. His only downfall is that sweep against Drew Holiday, AD, and the Pelicans back in the day. Luca, who I think next year could definitely pass Dame. For right now, I'm going to put him slightly behind Dame. And. I still got Russ above Kyrie. I don't want to be biased with the whole Kyrie situation. I still think Kyrie can kill it, especially offensively on the floor. But I think Russ, especially since what I saw him do since January, right. like has been an absolute monster, and I can't discredit that against him. So I have to completely agree with the order. Jalen? So <clears throat> I have the exact same five, but I switched two guys. Um I mean, nothing more you can say about Steph. Even though I'm not going to lie, I did for a second think about putting Harden one just because, I mean, Harden can get you 50 any night. And I just I feel like I haven't seen that from Steph in a while. Um, and that, and that's what it is. Your brain, your, your brain wants to put Harden there because yeah, we've seen it. We've seen yeah. it for two years doing what he's doing. But for a split second, you think it's Harden, but then you think about it. It's really Steph. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's Steph. It's Steph. Um, so my third, though. This is where I'm switching it up. I'm saying Luca, just because what I can, and I'm saying this too, man. That Dame is probably my favorite point guard in the league um, to watch, and I, I, I'm saying Luca just because the things he can do as a total package on the offensive side. I think he has better vision than Dame um, and Westbrook, and he has the same shot making ability that Dame does already. Maybe yeah, Dame's we've seen it more, but I mean I've seen Luca take all NBA defenders off the dribble, step back three, hit from range. I mean he's done it and he's been comfortable in it. And I, I think he's gonna be a beast in the playoffs. So I'm I'm putting Luca three, 
Dame four, um, and then Russ five, just because um, he just he brings more than defensive end, and he just he brings. I know no matter what, that at least Dame and Russ they're gonna play hundred and ten percent over Kyrie, and I I've seen just Kyrie mail it in some games, and um, uh. I feel like. Feel like they're just they're more consistent players. Like even if you know Russ, Russ might have a bad shooting night, but you know he's gonna he's gonna die for every loose ball. He's gonna do all the he's gonna get your rebounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. My so, my opinion has changed. Lions, you know what my opinion on Russ used to be? Very inefficient. Not a guy I want on my team. My opinion since January, watching what he was able to do from January yeah. until you know Ooh. even December, like December up until. You know when we when we when we uh, took a break here with the COVID, I changed my mind on Russ. He that's why I put him in my. T- I, I've 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 officially changed my mind on Russ. I'll admit yep. that I was wrong there on Russ. The yep. only thing I want to say until uh, when we get into the wings is the only reason I think Luca like if I were to just take it based off this year just alone, I think Luca had a better year than Dan. The I disagree. I actually disagree. Dan is. I take experience very heavily. I want to be sure that I've been able to see that player been able to do it in the playoffs, been able to prove themselves and show that once the pressure's on, can you get it done? Now, hasn't been championship experience. He hasn't been able to get to that level. Luka's still so young that still a question mark. I don't know. In my After opinion, this, though, I'm not, I'm not concerned. Him, yeah, I could. I'm not I, – I think – I think Luke is one of those players like a, um, like a Braun, a D Wade, like one of those guys um, that, I mean, even even like Dame his rookie year, man, like he had, he just he had no fear of the moment. Every time he had the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter, he felt like I'm the best player on the court. So I don't, I just, I don't, I get what you're saying, but I also I don't I don't feel like. When the playoffs happen, I don't see him, you know, disappointing me with his play or something, or the moment being too big for him. No, because we got don't yeah. don't remember too. This guy has been playing since he was seventeen in the second best league in the world, and he won championships. So, I mean, that has to count. Right. But it's not the NBA, but Luke is kind of an exception. I can see that. All right, let's move on to the wings. Uh, Jalen, who do you have for your wings? <laughs> All right. So first, you got to. I mean, he's still the king. I'm not, I'm not, you know what I mean? First, I'm not going to go skip Bayless and give you, try to argue that. Um, so the next three were very tough. So what I did with this situation was I thought, and I kind of, I kind of did this for everyone, to be honest, that I asked myself when I'm ranking these players is if it's a game seven, who would I feel more comfortable with having? And I and I believe that same thing on the on the on the ball handler list. Like I'd rather have in a game seven Steph than Harden. I'd rather have Harden than Luca. I'd maybe rather have Luca than Dame, but I'd rather have Dame than Russ. No, just because Luca can do more things than Dame. No, but anyways, I know. Yeah, but anyways, to get to wings, like I said, Braun. I mean, obviously, if you're picking anyone, I'd say Braun. But Ka- Kawhi is my second. Um, yeah, I just I think like what more does he have to do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Braun right, is yeah. could be the second best player of all time, so he kind of gets that pass <coughs> first. <to be> one. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> but <Sure. laughs> different, different, different show. We can argue about that, but no, I'm joking. I, I gotta say Kawhi still. And then three, um, let's just say you know he's healthy, even if he's ninety five percent of what he was. KD, 
just because, I mean, he's the best, one of the best scorers ever. Um, and he can do it so effortless, effortlessly, and he can get you a 50-piece anytime he wants in any offense. I don't even need to see what offense him and Brooklyn's going to run, but he could just, he, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. He's not like we were talking about with Mike. He's on the court. He's going to act like he's the best player, and he can, and he's a two-way player too. So I'm saying KD, number four, I'm saying Giannis. I mean, there's moments you look at him and you could say he's the best player in the world, but still in a game seven, I feel more comfortable with any of the three other players just because I need to see him do it on the biggest stage and in the playoffs. And then the fifth, um, I still got to say PG just because I think defensively, I think he slipped a little bit this year. Um, definitely it's the regular season, so maybe he's kind of saving it. But, I mean, he could he's another guy that he can bucket so effortlessly. And um, – I just I, I trust him, so those would be my five. All right, Dan. I want to oh, I, I want to get into this first before you get into this. Um, I agree with about ninety percent of what you said with Jalen. So I still got on a number one just because of everything he's done over the past seventeen years. He's been able to prove in terms of running through a playoffs and just been purely dominant on the basketball court. Thing with number two and number three about Kawhi and KD, it is very tough for me because we don't know how KD is going to come back from this injury. I'm going to assume KD is not going to be what he was before the injury, but I'll say that he'll be very close. And despite how good Kawhi's been, especially last year's playoffs where he's had one of the best playoff runs of all time, I'm still going to take KD just considering this fact. I mean, there's a lot more to go with it, but I'm just going to put this out there. I remember, I forget if it was Game 3 or Game 4 in last year's finals where KD came back. Five. I remember, game. it was Game 5, okay. I remember KD scored like, it was either 10 or 12. It was 11. It was 11. 11, 11 straight quarter. points, yep. Straight points on Kawhi in the first quarter alone before he got injured again. And that was with Kawhi draped all over him. It just made him... I've been able to show us, like, all right, I'm the best offensive scorer in the game, and it's not even close. I don't most care. Who's unguardable player. Exactly. Usually the most unguardable player. Exactly. And the year before that, when he wasn't injured, he was up there in terms of all defensive teams. Like, okay. I, I, I just kind of see him as such a threat, especially when it comes to the finals or even in the playoffs in general, where, like, if I need someone on my team to get me a bucket – just kind of luck off the other guy or just at least be able to hold their own. I have KD over Kawhi, but it's by the slightest edge. For that reason, I'm going to put KD at two and Kawhi at three. And definitely Giannis at four just because he's such a force driving to the rim. It's very hard for him to be popped. Like, you can't really find anyone who's like, all right, I'm going to hold you the 15 points. You're not going to find Bam out of bio. Sorry. Not 15, but I do like the Bam, I, I do like the Bam argument, but not 15 points, my guy. Not yet. At five, I'm going to agree with Paul George. The only reason, like, you, you could argue against Paul George because, oh, you had that series against the Jazz. Joe Angles hold, held you the four points on 2-16 shooting, maybe a six points on 2-16 shooting. But I think Kawhi, or not Kawhi, I think PG has something to prove playing with Kawhi this year where he hasn't been able to perform the playoffs since his Pacers days. He's going to want to come back and show that he's still that guy. And 
no matter how much I love Tatum, I think Jimmy's a dog. I think Paul George is still the more talented of those three guys, and I think he'll be able to, especially on the defensive end, hold his own. Yeah. Play as a secondary guy on the Clippers, where they look at Kawhi as that offensive threat, even though he's more known as a defensive player. If he doesn't have as much pressure draped on him as an offensive player on that Clippers team, he's going to be able to get buckets, and I think we'll be able to see that in the bubble. I think he's going to be able to reestablish himself as a one of those top guys in the NBA and be able to drop maybe 25 yeah. to 27 points a game in the playoffs. So That's fair. Uh, just just a quick on, on, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just letting you guys know, Lions, I know you said uh, Bam isn't holding Giannis to 15 points. You're right. He actually held him to 13 points last time they played, which was nine days before the stoppage. Just, just want to throw that out there. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to talk about throwing stuff out at you once the playoffs start. I'm, hey, I'm just saying. You said he, you just said Bam couldn't hold him to 15. He held him to 13. Just, just throwing it out there. Yeah, no, like I, I agree, man. If we're going to talk about maybe one of those guys that might be able to do it, I'm going to throw Bam's name into it. But I don't know. Well, I'll see him, I guess. All right, let's hear yours, Dan. Let's hear yours, man. All right, so for mine, LeBron, not even close. For this one, I act, I Lions, I agree with every single thing you said about you know Katie and Kawhi. However, I put Kawhi at two just simply because of the injury. I don't know what um, Katie's going to come back of. What's that? I want to argue against it. Yeah, I, I mean, if it, if he never had the Achilles, it's Kawhi. I mean, KD, and it's not close to me. I think he's much better than Kawhi. But an Achilles is an Achilles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Giannis, yeah. there's Giannis isn't number four. Really, not much to say. Like you said, the only player in the league, he's only one player in the league that can hold him under 15 points, and you know that's that's pretty great. Um, for five, <laughs> I think there's three guys you can have in this argument, and I think PGs who you both had. Uh, I also throw Jimmy in there, and I throw Tatum. The guy I went with was Jimmy, just because, like you said, PG did take a God. step back in the play, in the regular season this year, and I get he's playing with Kawhi. That, you know, that, that happens. He took a step back, but in terms of a guy I wanted to, to, to build my team around, I would take Jimmy because of what we've seen him in Miami. I think if I, if I put PG in Miami right now, they're worse than they are today. So that's kind of my argument. I, think, I actually I think, agree with that. Yeah, I think if you put PG on the heat right now, they're not as good as they are. I think Jimmy can lead a team much better than PG can. I haven't seen PG really do it except for, you know, before when he was in Indiana, they went up against Miami. Um, but even I think last year, Jimmy with, with Philadelphia, he was the guy in the fourth quarter when, you know, like I said, the game slows down and you need those buckets. And he was their number one option last year. Even though Joel might be a better player, Jimmy was the number one option. And they, got to the, they were one bounce away from going to the conference finals. You know what I mean? So that's why I put Jimmy ahead of PG uh, on this list. Yeah, one thing I will say about that, um, you probably have Paul George third, right? I had him second. Okay, uh, good. Second, that's what I meant. All right, uh, just, just some info. Paul George is shooting uh, about 40% from three. Do you know what Jimmy's shooting? It's like in the 30s. Probably under, it's under 30. Under 30. It's, uh, it's, under 30. it's uh, 24.8. That's fine. Hey. I'll take I'll take Jimmy being able to actually lead a team. Paul George can't lead a team, so he had to go join Kawhi. I'll take that though. I'll take Jimmy. All right. Just in terms of career aspect, before we move on to big men, I just want to say I think PG's led more than he has. Jimmy no, he has. he absolutely he's, he's been a number one option. One. You got to remember, Jimmy can't, didn't come in as the number one guy. PG did. No. But if we're talking about today, who I'd rather have today to lead my team, it's, it's Jimmy, one hundred percent. And I, I'm a big PG fan. He's one of my favorite players. I love I, think, I love PG, but in terms of 
who I'd want on my team to lead my team, to me, it's Jimmy. I get what you're saying. A unique situation with Miami, though. I think Jimmy fair, was fixed perfectly fair. with that culture. No, a hundred percent. But I, I'm just, I'm just looking at the, you know situations we have right now. If we switch them to, right? Obviously, if you put Jimmy in in um, the Clippers, Kawhi's still the number one guy. So we, you know that, that kind of negates. That'd itself. be that'd be fun, man, to see Jimmy Jimmy and Absolutely. Kawhi. That'd be a so. Fun so, are game. you saying they'd be better than they were with Paul George? I see, I, nah, nah, their ceilings are okay. higher, man. I don't know. I don't saying about the personality, but like, man, Paul George is just a better player. Like, he's just a more skilled basketball player, in my opinion. Okay, and that's fair. I, 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 like I said, it's neck and neck, and I love PG, but I the just think about take Jimmy, Jimmy man. Is Jimmy's personality? He has a big personality, but like. I, I just I, I think he's he's a number two. He's no, number and I'm, two. I'm, listen, I'm not telling I'm not telling you that either one of these guys are the number one. I'm just I'm just saying yeah, if no. if I needed one of them to be a number one, it'd be Jimmy. I think I think you're right. PG is probably a better player, but if I needed one of them to be a number one, I'll take Jimmy for that role. If that makes sense. No, I'm still speaking. taking I'm still taking PG. But. And that's fine. All right, let's that's go to Biggs. Let's go to Biggs. I was gonna say, speaking of number ones, who are we looking at at Biggs in our top five? Go ahead, Jalen. Okay, you started off. No, no, no. You started off. I want to say last time. All right, Lions, go. Okay, we're just going to deflect to me. Fair enough. All right, so for me, I got a tight one and two between Jokic and Embiid uh, simply for durability reasons and me being kind of high on seeing what he's going to do after the whole kind of skinny situation. I'm going to keep Jokic at one because of his playmaking. Wow. And because of... The fact that I think because of his new body, he'll be able to do that much more. I think Embiid fully healthy is better than Jokic, but I just can't trust his health. For that reason, I got Embiid at number two. I'm going to take Carl Anthony. No, no, wait. I messed that up completely. Because I actually have AD at one, but I forgot about him because I was thinking about just about Hunters. So we got AD at one. That's without question. I was about to say, man, you're missing someone. I was thinking straight centers. That's my bad. So we got AD at number one. That's without question. We got Jokic. Then I got Embiid, and two and three are close. Then I got Cat, and then I got Bam. Even though he's still young, I think just because he's such a versatile defender, he can play make, he's able to get buckets around the rim, and he has so much potential, I want him as my fifth best center. After that, it's tough. I think there might be someone I'm forgetting about that's close to Bam, but... Just off the dome, those are my five, and I'd be able to make an argument for someone else, but I don't know if you can. Lions, I I have the same five. My order is different. I have AD at one. I have Embiid at two. I've got Cat at three. Oh. I've got Bam at four. Oh. And I've got Jokic at five. Oh. I told you guys, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Jokic. What's I, I, I kind of just put him there because there was nobody else to put him there. Uh, that's fair enough. That's that's just how I feel about. Wow. I, I just not, I'm just not a fan of him. I don't think he can lead anybody. I don't think he's. I get what's his. I mean, I don't know, man. He's a good playmaker, I guess. But what else does he do really well? I guess he can shoot a little bit. He's skilled, man. Like, I think he but, passes. No, he's I know. just one of those. His passing's great. I, I like that about him. But that's about it. He's that's more, all I like he's about more him. than a passer. He's more but that's all I really like about him, though. Like Jokic is a better he, scorer than Bam. He is, but yeah. so I think the, I think the difference he's there. He's a better playmaker than Bam. 
okay, hear me out. So the difference, I think Bam's the difference between Bam's defense is so much greater than their than their offensive difference. That's how that's why that's how I'm looking at it. I think Bam is so much better defensively than the, 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 the gap is much larger on the defensive end than it is on the offensive end. If that if that oh, makes sense. Bam the rebounds. What's that? Bam the rebounding. What did you say? I can't hear what you said. We'll even get Bam the rebounding over Jokic, to be honest. Yeah, I, mean, I I just think he can rebound better. He's a better, much better, much better defender. He's not the the, the drop off from playmaking is not that bad. Bam played point guard for the Heat a lot of the season because I know he's a great playmaker. He played he's point guard great. for a lot of the season. So if you're talking about their playmaking difference, it's not as as you know the gap isn't as big as people think it is. And yeah, the scoring. With, go ahead. I was saying with Luca though, like I'm kind of big on before I can put someone above someone else. I want to be able to see them do it in the playoffs and show them. So when is when is Jokic done in the playoffs? He at least won a series, man. He's done Western semifinals. He's been able to win a series. I mean, Bam could he could pass him this year. He could. I'm just talking about who I would take on my team. I would take Bam ten times out of ten before I took Jokic on my team. All right, so let me ask you this because I'm gonna I'm gonna switch that question up. It's not like obviously, yeah, you're a little biased, but let's say this. He's not on the Heat, and let's say you're playing against the other team. Would you? It's Game Seven. Would you? Are you more scared of Bam or Jokic? Bam, still Bam. Wow. Because I think you think he can do so much, man. I think he's like a baby Giannis, if that makes any sense. He can just do so much offensively. It does, it def- makes very little sense. Huh? It, it makes sense, but it makes very little sense. Hey, man. Yeah. He's Jokic. a toddler, Giannis. Fine, but regardless, toddler. though, Jokic can't guard. <laughs> He can't even guard Lions. I'm gonna be honest. I think Giannis can get a bucket. On, I mean, I think Lions can get a bucket on Jokic. Can't guard anybody. I think his new body is actually gonna hurt him more than it helps. He'll him. He'll be quicker. He'll, He'll be, be quicker, quicker. But his he's not he's not a bad one on one defender. He just can't guard the pick and roll. I mean, That's his biggest problem, in my opinion. I think he's a pretty bad one. Whatever weight will help him more than his previous weight. Exactly, exactly. But but his previous weight helped him with one on one in the post against a guy like AD or a Cat or an Embiid. Now 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 if you put if you put Joel against the new Jokic, Joel's eating him alive. Joel, what I will say about Jokic is he's smart, man. Jokic is a smart like, like yeah. I just I I don't know. I'm 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 taking Jokic, but that's fair. Let let me let me get into my list. I got um, Davis one. I mean, no, no, nothing. I really got to say about that. Um, just the most skilled all-around game. Um, Embiid, to just because his ceiling. Like, like I said, like I try to go over this thinking like it's a game seven. Like, who would you rather have on your team? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say Embiid second. Jokic, I'm taking three. Um, four, I'm taking Cat. I think. I mean, I think that dude has the potential. Of the world, like I think that dude is—he needs to be a little bit better on defense. But I think he's—I mean, he's just as skilled as any of those guys. Um, and number five is a little bit out of the box, but like I said, if it's a game seven, if I could pick any other centers or like just bigs, I'm gonna say Porzingis, just because I think I his that. ceiling is so high. I'm gonna talk to him. I don't know. What I, I don't know what to say to him. <laughs> like, I don't know what there is to say. He's delusional. I mean, that, that's that's all I got to say. You're taking KP over Bam? Good luck with yes. that, my guy. Good luck with that. Yep. Yep. 
That's sure. He played. I mean, he played good, man. He played really. He had a couple forty point games since uh since before the stoppage. Like, okay. I think he's gonna have a great playoffs, man. I love Porzingis. I love, especially like if you look where he was at in say December compared to where he's at now. He's yeah. a lot better. He's returning to that next form. There's no yeah, doubt and, in my mind. Think of how, much, how many months. Think of how many months. Like he hasn't been hurt in almost it's been two years, pretty much now. He's Bro, sat I'm out a whole year. Bam. I'm still taking Bam. Yeah. See, my thing with Bam is, I mean, he was. He's just. He's had a really. He's had a really good year. But I need more than that to put him in the top five. To trust him in a game seven, I need more than that. I mean, it's only his third year. I think. I think that's what. That's what we're kind of like missing. Maybe right now you're right because he's so young. But it, he just turned 23 yesterday. Like, he's still super young. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, I, mean, I, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I would still take – I'm still taking Bam over KP and Jokic. And I, that's probably right, some so, of my bias against Jokic, but more than it is right, my bias so this towards is actually, Bam. This is actually perfect to segue to my next question, which is going to be about big. So, what big in your top five – Um. I mean, I mean, what big knot in your top five do you think is going to be the next guy to crack it? Uh, we're not including Zion. So any other guy in your top five, uh, not in your top five, who do you think is going to crack it next? That's a tough I'm gonna one. Go first. I'm going to go first, so I'm going to let you all, when we're talking about other questions, I'll let you all kind of go first on them. But I kind of got a strong feeling on this guy. It's kind of a personal bias for me just because I like him. But, uh... I'm going to go with Trey J. I'm going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr. I really like his outside Ooh. game. I think he's still young. I think he's proven a lot already. He's definitely helped the Grizzlies be in the position where they're at now, especially with Jaws' help. And I think he really has a bright future in the NBA. I mean, I really love Trey J. He might not be the best right now, but I really love where he's going, and I love the improvements that he's made this year. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah, if we're, if we're talking outside of Zion, I think he's – Probably the guy. The other one I was thinking was maybe DeAndre Ayton. He's been kind of having a secret. He's been kinda, on. Huh? Yeah, he's been having a quiet good year, like a really, really good year, very quietly. So I think those would be those would be the two for me. It's actually funny because mine is going to be um, just some stats for you. So he's averaging 19 and 12 this year. He's 21. Uh, Dwight Howard at the same age averaged 17 and 12. So he's having a better year than Dwight at the same age. And Dwight also had a whole extra year of playing in the NBA. Um, yeah, man, I just I, – I think I think he, he – So, he wait, 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 who room. are you going with? Are you going with Aiden? I'm going with Aiden, yeah. Okay. You got to remember, Dwight was a much better defender, though. Like, much better. Yeah, but he's improved a lot over this year. He wasn't good at all his rookie year, but – Yeah, but Dwight came in as a defensive monster, rim protector. So with very similar numbers and the whole other half of the game is way better, uh, I think that's kind of a bold comparison. But I get, I get, I get the, I get what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was, I mean, Dwight was a guy we, uh, let's be honest, for a top center for, I mean, a good half a decade. So yeah, I mean, if he's doing similar numbers. Yeah, their games are a lot different. I think offensively, he can get a bucket a lot more different ways than Dwight. Yeah, the defense is in there, but I mean, I just think. I think he's the next guy I could see who can crack that top five. So. I can see it. Yeah. I, can, I can definitely see it. That's fair. I, I like that. All right, so we're going to segue into my question because I've I, I got a question for you guys here. 
And this is, you know, talking about the bubble we're going into, you know, it's going to be a playoffs and we're going to crown a champion, like we said. Um, who do you think, now this doesn't have to be a player, this can be an organization, this can be a coach, this could be a player, this could be whatever, whoever, somebody, some something. Who's under the most pressure during this bubble playoff uh, playoff season? Who's who's going to be under the most pressure to win win it all? Jalen, go first in this one, to be honest. Um, this one I'm taking Giannis because I feel like this is his last year that um, he is going to kind of be like the media's darling. Like, he's never really had um, anything in his career that people have kind of, you know, looked at his game and torn it apart and stuff like that. Obviously, like, they've said stuff about his jumper and stuff, but, like, if he just – if he doesn't get to at least the finals or if he loses in the finals, I especially you have the whole free agency thing going uh happening next year from his last year in his contract. I think a lot of people start to pick him apart. And I mean even one example too, look at our last question, we're talking about wings. I mean, this is a guy a lot of people he's gonna be a uh, two time MVP probably. I mean, we have him top four pretty much at his position. Like he's the we have we all have him pick the fourth best in his position so this is his he needs to use this playoffs in this championship run to prove that you know he could be at least jump some spots in that so i think he is the most pressure lion i'm just gonna kind of yeah i'm gonna have to agree with jalen and i'll add a couple of other points into that uh with Giannis being on the box right now he may not have an amazing second star such as LeBron has with AD, such as Y has with Paul George, but he does have Middleton, who's been a god this year, and I think he has a really, really deep team, especially on the defensive end with Boonholzer coaching him, especially with a guy like Dante DiVincenzo, Blenzo's picked his defense up, Brooke Lopez has picked his defense up for sure, and the best defensive rating in the league, and Giannis has been able to put up his 30 and 14 a game only playing, I think it's like 32 minutes a game. So he's well, especially with his break, he's been well, well rested for the playoffs to make a deep run. And yeah, he has some competition in the East, but not nearly as much as he'd have in the West. So if he doesn't at least make the finals this year, he's going to be highly kind of ridiculed for this compared to any other player in the NBA. Like you might look at a guy like Harden, like, okay, he's an amazing offensive player all year during the regular season. He should be able to make the playoffs, but he has competition. Kawhi, who's been able to do his runs during the playoffs, but he has competition. LeBron, who's been able to run the league for the past 17 years, but he has competition. You have Toronto, who just lost the finals MVP, who still has a decent team, but they don't have that type of team. You have a young Boston team, and after that, it's kind of a toss-up. But Giannis doesn't at least make the finals this year. And I got to look at him different and be like, all right, what what else does he have to do with his game or what's going wrong here? I, I, I agree with Jalen. It's Giannis. So for me, when I was when I was thinking, you know, coming up with the question, I had a few a few in mind. Giannis was number one. Uh, and then this kind of ties in with the Milwaukee Bucks as a whole organization because you talked about it. If yeah, it, So the Giannis situation really is really starting to remind me of LeBron in Cleveland part one. Right, Stop. it's no. Listen, hear me out. It's, sure. it's the it's everybody's, you know, 
the young guy who is super talented, everybody loves, and you know, winning back-to-back MVPs just like LeBron did, um, but he couldn't get it done. So we've, we haven't seen Giannis been able to get it done. He haven't, we haven't got to the finals yet, right? So we haven't seen him be able to get it done. So if this season if he doesn't get it done, we're going to start looking at him the same way we looked at LeBron, like, all right, hey, man, it's, it's year seven, it's year eight. What's up? We need a chip. Let's we can go. look at him worse than LeBron. He has a much better team than LeBron ever had in Cleveland. I agree. And a best coach. Yep. Yeah. But but it's it's LeBron. LeBron is going to get more hate regardless. And and it's the time. It's the it's the era we are in right now. Back then it was the hate for players was a lot higher than it is right now. So I don't think we'll see the same type of criticism. But it'll be similar. Like hey, it's it's time. You know, it's been he's been in the league seven six seven years now. Hasn't gotten to the finals yet. LeBron at least got to the finals. You know, at, at a younger I'd age. I'd agree if LeBron wasn't in the league still, because LeBron's always going to have that name attached to him. They'd all look for the next best, the next best thing, which LeBron was at the time. But LeBron's still in the league. That's the only reason why Le- Giannis wouldn't get as much criticism as he would, because but everything so was hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, on LeBron. At the time, everything was put on Kobe because Kobe hadn't won yet without Shaq, so Kobe was the guy back then. So that's what everybody was looking. So like the what Kobe was in back then is what LeBron is in right now, and Giannis right now is what LeBron was in back then. The next up and coming guy who still hasn't done it yet. Kobe had won championships already. He hadn't won one without Shaq, so he, the pressure was on him, similar to LeBron because he hadn't he hasn't won one in LA yet. So the pressure is really similar between Kobe and LeBron, and it's really similar between Giannis now. You've been with this organization, small market team, haven't been able to get it done yet. What's up? You're you're supposed to be the next guy. What's going on? So I think that's very similar. The other people that I had involved in the most, um, under the most pressure was obviously. Before you say that, I just want to admit I'm wrong. That's facts. I can't yeah. argue with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So the other the other people I had in the in the discussion was obviously LeBron because you mentioned it. LeBron's always going to be in the discussion in terms of under the most pressure. He hasn't won in LA yet, and he's also getting up there in age. He's 35 now, year 17. How many more years do you actually have to go and win a championship? I know he's one guy we can't really question in terms of keeping his body right and being able to play, you know, late into the season and at, at this age. But he's another guy who's obviously gonna have a lot of pressure just because of his name, LeBron. Another yeah. another organization I have that is under pressure is Houston. They made the trade for Westbrook. They decided to go small ball, and they they put all their chips in for this season. We got to win it now. You got Westbrook, you got Harden. They went small ball. If D'Antoni doesn't win this year, I'm sure he's gone next year, and we'll see Houston shaking up a bit if, if they don't come through this year. So I think it goes Milwaukee and Giannis. I'll group them as one because if Giannis doesn't win this year and he doesn't win next year, to me he's out of there. So I think they're under a lot of pressure too to win in order to keep him. LeBron just because it's LeBron and then Houston. One thing uh, just to think about too I wouldn't. I want to put them in this list, but um, I think the Clippers—they need to perform well. Like if they if they match up against the Lakers, and I mean it's like a five-game, like not even close, like gentleman sweep. Um, I th- I think they're in a lot of pressure too because people forget, man, that uh, George and Kawhi—they're under uh, two-year deals. So I mean, yeah. that next year could be their last year. And that's huge because aren't they, they both have, on player options? They are, but they they could opt out after not like next year, but like the year after. No, that. it's after next year they can opt out. Yeah, that's what I mean. They yeah, have yeah. This, so like, it's this season, this bubble we have. Then the following, so if they don't win this year or next year, they're both free agents again. They could be free agents the same year as Giannis. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, but the difference though 
is with the Giannis situation, you could always go the Braun path. Like, all right, our star left. All right, we're just going to – we don't even need to do anything. Our team's horrible because we have, you know, one superstar. Maybe you trade Middleton, and then you just hope – hopefully you draft the next Giannis. The difference between with the Clippers, though, is they went they went 100%. They went Brooklyn Nets all in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they traded all yeah. their draft picks. They gave up uh, their future to win now. So many assets. Yeah. 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 And same thing with Houston too. They had they traded away all their picks too. That's what that's why I think Houston is, I think Houston's been in under pressure for the last few years cuz they get they're right there and they couldn't get past it. So I think that's why I had Houston ahead of them. I think the reason I have the Clippers the Clippers would be next on my list too, but they, I think they still have one more year. If they don't, if they don't get it done this year, I think they, there's another year for them. Whereas yeah, I think okay. Houston, I'm not sure there's another year for them. Milwaukee, I'm not sure they can afford to try another another year. Because we saw what happened. Le- the Cavs tried a year in and year out. LeBron wins back by MVPs. Giannis is going to win back by everything is lining up the same. LeBron went to Miami. Giannis is going to go to Miami. It's all lining up. I'm telling you, it's all lining you just up. Had, you just had to fit that in here, didn't you? Of course I did. <laughs> History is repeating itself. I'm telling you, that's what happens. Yeah, fair enough. I guess I'll uh, to my next question. I got a couple more things to ask here. Let me see what I got. So, wanted to talk about uh, all the teams that we got right now, and we see who's currently into playoff spot, and we have a kind of different a format this year where if there's a team that are within four games of the AC, they'll have a chance to be able to play in for a playoff spot. But they have to win both games out of a best out of three, essentially. So if you're to look at, and it, realistically, it's not going to be these because the Wizards are not going to make it. But if you're going to see a team that aren't in the playoffs right now in terms of record making the playoffs, who do you think it would be and why? I'm going to say Portland. Why is that? That because. We kind of talked about it a little earlier. They've got the play playoff experience. They've got one of those guys in Dame who, you know, again, if he gets hot for a little bit, watch out. So I think it's poor. And I think it was Kendrick Perkins that said it the other day. I know it's still, I know it's Kendrick Perkins, but he said that if, you know, Portland's able to get the eight seed, they could beat the Lakers. Now, I don't think that's true. But I, I could, if any team is going to give, and you mentioned we're not going to talk about the Wizards because they don't have a chance. But we're talking about the West. If there's one team that's outside of the, the playoff picture right now, whether that's Portland, uh, the Pelicans, or Sacramento, I don't really have Sacramento in there, but that out of those three teams, that's the one that I can see competing the most in the playoffs. They were in the Western Conference Finals just last year. They're getting Nurkic back uh, from his injury. He'll be back. The, uh, he'll be back. Um, having Hassan Whiteside is always a negative, so, I mean, that'll hurt him. <laughs> but outside of that, I think it's – I think it's Portland. Pelicans, Pelicans I, are close. I didn't, mention, I didn't see if you mentioned this or not, but did you uh, mention? I don't know if this is true or not. Is uh, Zach Collins supposed to be back for them? He'll be too, back as well. He'll be back as well. Yep, they're fully healthy. Right. So I think to right. me, to me, it's Portland, and it, it's really not close. See, uh, Jim, I, I'm, I'm taking. Yeah. I'm taking um, New Orleans just because. I think that the way that team is set up, they're a lot. They they just they have so many different guys from Drew to Lonzo to I mean even Josh Hart can be sneaky sometimes to uh, to you know Ingram who's been playing really good to even a guy like JJ who JJ can I mean he'll hit he'll he'll you know he'll get you 14 points in the fourth quarter and they'll be unguardable shots and. 
I mean, I think they're big situation. You never know what you're going to get with favors. And I like the rookie Hayes. And then, I mean, who knows with Zion. And with Zion, too, I kind of have this just the same feeling that I get with Luka that if he's in the playoffs, I feel like how hard he plays and just the it factor that I get from him that I don't see the moment being too big for him. That, And I even think that this team, because they haven't played with Zion that long, that this is the team who could actually use this to their advantage and be like, hey, we're not even supposed to be here. Let's just ball out for seven games. If we make the playoffs, we play the Lakers. We're not gonna. We're probably not gonna win. But let's just play our hardest. And they got a lot of young guys. And let and like, let's be honest. They got the motivation factor with all those those guys that LeBron sent out. That they wanna they wanna show up and they wanna beat the Lakers if that matchup ever happens. So, I just I I think the Pelicans would have a better. They'd be a harder out in the playoffs than Portland. So I'm I'm gonna take them. So I agree with some of both of your standpoints in this. So just to kind of go over it, uh, Memphis is the AC right now. Yep. Portland and New Orleans are three and a half games back of them. So are the Kings, but I don't think they'll be able to make it, especially with Bagley getting injured again. And yeah. I just think the two teams above them are better. And they're Sacramento. But, so. I, I love Sacramento, but it's not going to happen. And with the Spurs, it's – you know, it's just no Aldridge, it. no Aldridge too. No Aldridge. They're just they're not they're not ready for this right now. So it realistically between Portland and New Orleans. Now New Orleans has one of the easier schedules, while Portland has one of the harder schedules going into this. And Portland has more experience going to this compared to, or Portland has more experience going to this compared to New Orleans. Um, but for me, if I were to pick one of those two teams to make it above Memphis which I don't think either of them will make it, but if I had to choose one, I'm going to go with Portland simply due to experience in Dame. I think that like while New Orleans feels like they might have more to fight for, like being this big highlight team, having Zion, having the player on the roster wanting to prove that they're more than just the Zion Pelicans, and with their easy schedule, they're like, all right, we have a chance we may be able to make it. With Portland, they're more of a team together. And like Dan was saying, to go off him, with Nurkic coming back, with Collins coming back, having a fully healthy roster, I, I think they'll be able to piece themselves together, even though they might not have the chemistry that they might going into it if they were to play together the whole season. I think they have enough skill at that point, especially with the one-two combo like they've had over the years. I think, something, I think an issue with them, too, that we're going to see is – I mentioned teams that are under pressure. I think Portland's under way, way more pressure to get in there than the Pelicans are. The Pelicans are built playing for the future. They're playing for, you know, Zion, Zion hasn't put, he's played, what, 19 games? They're playing for the next, you know, few years going forward. The Pelicans, I mean, not the Pelicans, the, the Portland Trailblazers, they've got to get it done because they, they're going to have to look at this. All right, we've tried four or five years now with Dame and with CJ, and it hasn't worked. Similar to the Washington situation with John Wall and Bradley Beal. We tried it. We got to the conference finals, and that was it. We, we couldn't get it any, any further. And it's been going on for five, six years now. So they're going to have to look at this. Hey, maybe maybe we need to break this team up. Maybe we need to trade CJ. Or maybe we need to look at moving Dame and building for the future. Who knows? I, whereas I think the Pelicans are playing for the future, whereas Portland, I think, needs to play to get in right now and maybe try to win it. If they're going to win it, it's going to have to be this year. This is their but see, one thing, one thing in my opinion is I feel like that might actually 
benefit New Orleans that they have nothing to lose. And be and the one thing too is, yeah, like New Orleans has a pretty deep team, and they have a lot of like even backups that you know could start on some teams. But what I will say is, the difference of Portland, they're pretty deep too, but they have a lot of guys coming back from injury, and they've never played together before. So it's going to be a lot tougher, especially. I mean, if you're looking at these guys that are coming back, especially Nurkic. I mean, he's a vet, like he's been there for a while. So, you know, you're going to have to feed his ego and give him touches. He's going to – Yeah. Just to kind of like – I know you are talking about Def. Another name I wanted to bring with the Pelicans, especially too, like kind of a slept-on guy and this uh, – Nikhil Alexander-Wander exit. No, I'm sorry. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think no, he's no. been like – I mean, he's like a ninth, tenth man down the rotation. And, like, just another thing I want to say about the team is, like, J.J. Redick has had the streak where every year he's played, he's made the playoffs. <laughs> so that's riding for him. I'm still taking the Blazers, though. Yeah, but like, just on back on my point, though, I feel like for New Orleans, they have such a – I mean, everyone knows in the playoffs it's an eight-man rotation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to be a lot easier for to tell, you know, maybe – Jackson Hayes, like, hey, man, you're only going to play five minutes this quarter. Then, you know, say the Blazers, if they have to say, tell that to Melo or some of these other guys. And or like if you're, you're right, because Hassan Whiteside is never an easy guy to get along with or have any And what's going to happen? What's going to happen if, White, if, if it could charge over Whiteside? How's he going to react? Like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how he's going to react. I saw it in Miami. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's just – and then they only have seven seven games to deal with that stuff. With New Orleans, I just see them coming out of coming you know coming into this bubble as a fresh team, and they're really just going to be like, "Yo, we don't care who plays. Let's just play and try to win the game." Which I I, I just see. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm under underestimating Dame and his uh, his leadership potential. Which I mean, he could probably hold that locker room together, but they have a lot of older guys too, and I feel like this this bubble is gonna is going to benefit the younger teams. That's fair. So I, me and Lions both got Portland. You've got the Pelicans. I got another question for y'all. I'm just going to put it out there. We just got one more question. We'll wrap it up after that. But I think we got a couple more interesting things to talk about. So I know we were talking about kind of who's under the most pressure. And Clippers were one of our teams for some of us. But I want to get into Kawhi especially with his unique situation. So he won a finals with San Antonio, won a finals MVP. They're the same with Toronto. And now he has the chance to do it with the Clippers. Say he does do it with the Clippers, he wins that finals. He wins that finals MVP. If he were to do that, where would you guys rank him all time at that point? Because that's a very, very hard feat to accomplish. To me, if he is able to win Finals MVP in a championship on a third team, it puts him closer to that 15 range, into that 15 to 10 range. I think he starts to bump out a lot of guys, you know, and maybe Dwayne Wade is one of them. Barkley may be another one. Um, I think he starts KG as another one. I think he starts to put him up. Accomplishing that, Winning three chips and three finals MVPs on three different teams is absolutely unbelievable. Gosh. I think I think he the guy I compare him to in terms of like the all time is KD, and 
I'm sorry, but I think that has to put him over. He's got a defensive player of the year. Only thing he doesn't have is an MVP in the regular season. He's got two defensive player of the year. KD's got one regular season MVP. But then he'll have three championships with three finals MVPs. I don't know, man. That's got that's got to he's got to be in that maybe twelve to fifteen range at that point if if he's able to do that. And it, it, we have to see how it goes because if he, if, he, if he has to go through the Lakers and the Bucks and he's able to beat both those two teams, that's pretty impressive to me. Uh, John, what do you got about that? Yeah, man, I um, I, I have to one hundred percent agree with Dan. Um, yeah, that, that's a, that's a crazy stat, and that's another reason why too that I gave him the edge. I think I was the only one <laughs> out of the three who gave him the edge over KD. But it's like pretty much if he can do that, it's like what else? And the big reason why I put him over KD is because it's like what else do you what else do you want from him? Like, All right. what else? Like he's he's outperformed. He's been the best player. If he can do that and be the best player on the court every single series like he did last year, like, uh, yeah, man, he's he he's got to be around the fifteen. Um, the only thing about Kawhi that's just gonna be he's gonna be such an interesting player when he retires, um, is is how he started off because he's kind of like even Dan. You were bringing up Jimmy Butler, I've, yeah. I've, not a, not not because I know his, Jimmy's rookie year he was you know bench warmer. But yeah, like he was one of those guys who, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a, if you look at anyone in the top 15, besides if there was an injury problem, like they were already, you know, by the first year, usually like a franchise player. And he wasn't like that. Even he, when he won MVP, did any of you guys think like he was going to be a five time all star? Like, nah, in my opinion, uh, I thought like. I, I didn't. I did not. I didn't. I thought, I thought, I thought he, he played good and I kind of thought. I kind of thought it was like a cute MVP MVP pick, like kind of like the Iggy. I kind of felt the same way. I remember in the 2013 finals, the 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 one they lost where Miami actually came back and won. My I was watching the series with my dad. He said this guy is going to be a superstar, and I laughed. I was like, Dad, what are you saying? He can't do. He's (laughs) playing good defense, but and he can rebound out of. He's rebounding out of his mind that series. But I'm like, how do you see this guy being a superstar? And he's like, just wait. The next year comes around, and he's, you know, that's crazy. That's he's, crazy. He's yeah, that and we're watching. So your the dad, finals. your dad said that the year before. That's your before they won. Before he won, wow. and the Spurs won. The year Miami actually won, he was saying, he goes, this guy's gonna be a superstar. I was like, Dad, what are you saying, man? Then the next year comes along, he said, What did I tell you? He's he's not done yet. He'll be even better. And I was like, ah, okay, yeah, he kind of like a cute founds MVP, like you said, like Iggy. Next year, next few years come back. And I remember it was 2017. My dad's like, what yeah. I tell you? What I tell Ooh, you? Dude, when he, I remember they played Memphis in the first yes. round. That was the best I've ever seen him play. You remember, yeah. you remember that, that quarter that he just was unstoppable. That was, I, I know his playoff run last year was great, but that was the best I've ever seen him play. Yeah. That was, yeah, he, that won, was he won defensive player of the year that year. And he was, he was, Man, that that year that spe- that series especially was special. That's a big. That's a big. What if if he doesn't get hurt against yeah. Golden State? I don't think it is. I think Golden State still wins. But still, he but that still, playoffs. Man, they were, he was, they were up by good right there. They were up by twenty, bro. Yeah. That, that's one game points. though. That was the best team I've ever seen play in that Golden State team. I don't think they were. But still, but still, they no, were I up get by it. twenty on the road. Like probably would have won that, but still, it would have been an argument at that point. At least, but, kind but of going high. Of uh, thinking on that, I just want to bring up like Dan's dad argument. Like, 
yeah, I wish my dad can think like that. Like he thinks Larry Bird is the greatest of all time. You know, like it is what it is. But I'm not uh, saying my dad's a genius when it comes to sports, but he's he's a LeBron hater. So, so I mean, bring up your favorite quote: "A broken clock is right twice a day." You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But uh, with Kawhi, uh, I got my top ten in mind. I'm not going to talk about it, but I do know that I got Wilt at eleven. There's a couple other after that. And realistically, I gotta put Kawhi somewhere between 11 and 13 at that point because it's like you're not gonna really see anyone else do that type of accomplishment, especially at the level he's been performing. Like you'd have Kawhi, especially if he won this year. Like you'd have the Spurs as his weakest Finals MVP. That's when he was playing some of the best defense of all time. Just think about, just think about if he if they if they were able to win this year, right? You gotta think from 20, 2014 to twenty twenty. That six-year stretch, he won three championships, three Finals MVPs, two Defensive Player of the Years, and missed like almost two seasons. Missed three. Yep. That's yep. insane. Like that's so, basically, insane. out of the six seasons, he played four, won the championship, three of them. Yep. Yeah, that's you insane. Can't put him anything below thirteen, and if you want to put him in your top ten, I'll probably laugh at you, but at the yeah, same that's time, too much. back of my head, I'll be like. Maybe just because of this one simple fact. Like, and let me put, let me let me throw something else out there. Winning a championship yeah, for the Clippers does something too. That yeah, team has not, never had any success. And the, and the Raptors. Yeah, and the Raptors too. He won a championship in Canada, man. Like he's gonna get his jersey wow. retired. Like Buddy played one year there, and he was the best Raptor of all time. Like that's crazy. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. mean, if he's able to win one in, in LA with the Clippers. It's top it's, twelve it, of all time. That's easily top twelve. I say top fifteen because I got I haven't gone through my order yet in a while, but neither have I. But I don't want to think about it. Yeah. I know the, thing, he, the thing about Kawhi though is when we're talking about him, we're gonna talk about him different than every other like player. Like because if you if you're just a say if a kid's like looking at you know basketball reference twenty years from now and they look at the top 10, 12 players and Kawhi's in there. I just, if you're looking at his stats, I don't you think want to his know stats. Is? I don't know why that is. It's because he's not as flashy. Think of highlights. Ka- Kawhi is not a flashy type of player. When they think of all-time great, think of flashy type dudes, people who could just make those highlight plays. Kawhi is far from that. If you want to take absolute winning into account, Kawhi is going to be that guy. And if I'm playing basketball, I want to win, and Kawhi represents that. Yeah, being, being able to win on three different teams is kind of amazing. Like people, don't, I think people under underestimate. Like I know it's basketball, and you know one guy can make that much of a difference. But playing in three different systems is kind of tough. But one thing I will say is he was lucky to have three of the best coaches of our lifetimes. He did have three very good coaches. I will right? give you that. He had Pop. Yeah. He had Nurse, and now he's got Doc. Those are three of the, in my opinion, three of the best. Three of the top probably six or seven coaches of our lifetime. You need to chill on Nick Nurse, man. Oh, my God. Relax. I'm, t- I'm telling you, Nick Nurse is a great coach. Nick Nurse is a very, very, very good coach. He's better than Brad Stevens, I'll tell you that. Still, that's, actually a, that's actually a very, very good uh, way to segment this. Yeah, I think so, Jalen's got something to talk about. All right, yeah, so my next question um, – is going to be a little hypothetical. So it's kind of like a little game that you could pick pretty much any um, any all-star. It um, doesn't have to be a necessary all-star, but just any, you know, 
top good player, and if you could trade him with any other player in the league, like many, like a cool, like hypothetical, cool trade, what would you, what would you do? And it, it kind of has to make like both teams better in a way, in your opinion. It might not, but it'll just make the league more fun. Lions, go ahead. Uh, Dan, go. What was that? I said Dan, go ahead. All right. Um, if I could trade, the, both teams have to be better. Yep. Well, no, no, no. Here, here, here's how it goes. You just have to. I want you to make this trade, and then I want you to defend your point and like talk me into why both teams will be better. That's a that's a tough one. All right. Oh, how boy. about I, I'll start it off. I'll start it off. All right. Go ahead. All right. Uh, you guys might both laugh at me. I'm going to try to do my best to convince you. All right, the Celtics trade Kemba Walker to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons. So, hmm. why it makes Philly better, um, they finally have a guy who, fourth quarter who can get a bucket off the dribble and have the ball in his hands and make plays. Simmons can't do that. Um and we saw Simmons in the playoffs the last two years in the fourth quarter, and he's standing in the dunker spot. Um, he, he's a skilled player, but I just, especially with Embiid, who for Simmons to be his best, they need to run five out, and that just, and, and Embiid's just a better player, so it just, I just, I feel like that combo will never work unless Simmons just, gets his jump shot and not only just his jump shot but i mean just making plays off the dribble and i just i don't see him being that player so i think if they if, if they were able to to put kemba in it in that offense um you know running pick and roll with i mean we saw what when you ran uh pick and roll with kemba uh, i mean uh, uh isaiah thomas in boston with horford i mean horford can set good picks and he can roll and he can pop and the same thing with Embiid. And Kemba is just as quick as and just as fast. And the, the other thing, too, is Kemba obviously is a downgrade on defense. But look who you can put around him. You could put a 6'6", Josh Richardson. You could put, um, um, I mean, even like Tobias. And, um, you know, Horford's a good defender. Embiid's a good defender. Like, they have big bodies that they can put around Kemba to, you know, hide him on defense. And then on the Boston side, <clears throat> what I'll say is, so Boston's biggest biggest strength is their wings. And I think the fact that they're going to start going into this playoffs of Tatum as their number one guy, if you can put a guy like Simmons who doesn't want to score and doesn't want to be the best player, and I'm not saying that Kemba's a really like a, a shoot first, like Stephon Marbury type of, type of, you know, Allen Iverson type of player, he'll definitely pass the rock when he needs to. And he'll, he knows how to step, step his foot off the gas. But the thing about Simmons is Simmons knows how to make players better. And, and he will look specifically for the open man first. And I feel like when you have guys like Jalen uh, Hayward and um, Tatum, I mean, Tatum doesn't need help getting his own focus. But if you got a guy like Simmons who is actively, actively looking for him to make him a better player and to set him up, I think that makes that team so much better. And then not only that too, but on defense, if you put – you you put in Simmons in there for Kemba, and then I mean they they could legit run a line, lineup. Of, you can have Smart, 
Smart in in uh, Simmons guarding guards, and then I mean you just have Hayward, Tatum, and Jalen, and like who's guarding that? And then I think they'll be good on defense too because Tatum and Jalen have held their own. They when they played the Lakers, they have Jalen and um, Tatum have have been guarding Davis, and, and they've held their own. They've they've been able to play you know spot minutes on that. So I just I think I look at that five. And I just I, I think I think you can make the argument that Boston would be better with Simmons than Kemba. So <clears throat> I like you bring up the Lakers. Sorry to interrupt. I like you bring up the Lakers because I remember that one game, and I'm sure Jalen, you'll remember this. Uh, when we played the Lakers that one game, we were going to the third quarter. Tatum was going off. He had damn near like 35 halfway through the third. And the Lakers yep. made one adjustment, completely mess us over. He they they, they started double t- teaming the hell out of Tatum. He wasn't exactly sure what to do with the ball once he started getting double teamed because he was the pure ball handler at that point. He was the one with the rock in his hands. I think it would be a big difference if Simmons, especially as a playmaker, was bringing the ball up. Him wouldn't have been able to continue to be able to get those shots one-on-one, be able to put up those type of uh, – there he's driving to the rim or been able to step back on anyone. Like If you have someone else that's able to be such a great playmaker like Ben Simmons – it would have taken a lot more pressure off Tatum compared to uh, Kemba Walker being on the team. So I can definitely see your point in that. Yeah, and it's funny you bring up that game because uh, Kemba didn't even play in that game. And they, they – Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that was that was uh, in, in L.A. Boston has shown um, – they, they've shown over the years that they don't – I mean, yeah, they've played well with those high-scoring point guards with Isaiah – Kyrie and Kemba, but they've also, I mean, they've won playoff games without them too. They went far that year without Kyrie. And even when they lost Isaiah against Cleveland, um, when, I mean, they got smacked in five games, but they played, um, they played their best game without, without Kemba. I mean, exactly. without, uh, without one Isaiah. Game they won when Bradley had the game winner. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, and that's the thing too, is Boston's a defensive team. Like they're a defensive team and they're just a switch everything. So if you if you could put Simmons instead of Kemba, and the thing is too is I think Brad is such a good, um, he knows how to use his players so good that when Simmons is off the ball, you're gonna have so many shooters around him that they'll space the floor and then you just have I mean you could just have Simmons run run back cuts. Like Brad will make sure that a guy like Simmons can cut back door and stuff like that. But then when you look at Philly's offense, where it's just all right, stand at the dunker spot. You know what I mean? You never see him do that in uh, in Philly's offense. So, but mostly because they don't have the playmakers around him to set him up. I agree. I agree with that trade. I, th- I think both teams would benefit off of that trade. I'm not curious to see what Dan would have for a trade in that type of situation. This is, this, is, this is a tough question to come up with. I was just trying to think of something that would make both teams better. Um, and I, I actually kind of think this this would. I'm not sure this would make Houston any better. Um, but I would, I, I think I would like to see Russell Westbrook traded for De'Aaron Fox. Having, because I think, I think Sacramento definitely gets better, right? I think Sacramento yeah. definitely, you know, they they instantly become better. But I would, I think I would like to see De'Aaron Fox pair with Harden. I just think that would oh, be kind I of. I love to see that. I'm a huge De'Aaron Fox fan. So am I. I think that would be such an interesting pairing, just because. De'Aaron Fox doesn't necessarily need the ball always to be effective. His ability to just get up and down the court, it, it's, it'd be kind of similar to what we see with Westbrook, 
But I just think it would be it'd be something refreshing to see for and I think Harden would actually enjoy that. And I think oh, no, Russell I Westbrook on the Kings just makes them interesting. I mean, I, I like De'Aaron, but Russ, Russell Westbrook's just a name that you could put on Sacramento that would instantly make them better. He would be their their go to number one guy. He would go back to the th- the old Thunder Russ when KD left, averaging you know thirty, ten, and ten, whatever it was. And I just think De'Aaron Fox would fit a little bit better with Harden, and maybe that team, you know, maybe go, they go a little farther. I don't know. You have but, that, and I, th- I think Westbrook. No, nah, before you jump in, I think Westbrook and Bagley, in a yeah. sense, like would be able to run a better pick and pop or pick mm-hmm. and roll game than Fox and Bagley would. I think with Fox having Fox be less ball dominant than Westbrook, yeah. Harden would be able to do his thing more. Right. But Fox has more, even though he's not the best shooter in the world, he does have a better shot than Westbrook, I think, at this point. And even though Westbrook is explosive, De'Aaron Fox is too, so he can substitute that into his game where Westbrook was. And, like, yeah, I think from the Rockets standpoint, like, I'd rather have Westbrook. But yeah. like, it's, it's, not a, it's not a bad trade situation. It can benefit both teams, but I think Westbrook, obviously, right now is a better player. I yeah, think Fox the, the, could definitely fill himself more in that role and still be able to make them a decent team. Yeah, I agree. I, the other trade I was thinking about, I, the only reason I didn't use this is because you already used um, Ben Simmons, but I was thinking Devin Booker for Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons would make Phoenix a, a better team than Devin Booker does right now. Believe it or not. See, I, honestly, I was going to just counter your Rockets argument, and I, and I was going to say... Westbrook for Booker. Oh, Think of Westbrook Booker, for Booker in Houston. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I have two completely different players, but keep going. I like I like where this is going. Yeah, I want to see what you have to say with this. Because I mean, so like with Fox, what I'm thinking is, what I'm thinking of both of these trades is, is if both say say if like, like for my trade, if 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 Philly calls up Danny Ainge, is like, yo, I'll trade you Simmons for Kemba. They're they're taking a while to think about that. I don't think I don't, Boston I don't is. Think, I don't think Boston is. Oh yeah, I, th- I think so. No, I, I I think they're thinking about that, and I think um, but I I don't like where you're Houston the Sacramento trade. I don't I just I don't I don't think Houston would ever do that just because I think what Houston's doing is is they just they want the star power and they want the fact that Westbrook has the potential to be a top like he could play like a top ten guy at any game. Um, I just I, I I don't I don't skip that from Fox for at least a couple more years. That's kind of like a rebuilding trade. Even though Fox yeah. is definitely good, I love Fox, man. Like, well, what I'm saying I is, I, I'm thinking if I if Houston Fox. if Houston doesn't win it this year, they're gonna I think they're gonna do something. Oh, you know what I'm saying? If they if they go out in this playoffs and they don't win it, they're gonna have I think they have to do something. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, my 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 argument with Booker though is Booker is a guy that he'll be able to run. Um, so pretty much, I mean, Houston's offense, we all know, it's just, it's five out, but it's all oh, Wasn't that Booker Philly that you mentioned? No, it, it was Booker for Westbrook. No, I threw in a Philly trade. I, I thought I, oh, yeah, I, I was thinking maybe Simmons for Booker would work for both teams. Yeah, I mean, either they're kind of both the same kind of trade. at that point. What's that? Phoenix doesn't have that score at that point. Well, I think I think eight, yeah, eight that's would why become I that think, guy. I think, I think they'd rather have Westbrook than than Simmons, in my opinion. But I don't think I don't think Houston would want Devin Booker and Harden. They're the same guy. 
No, no, I think uh, they're mad. I think they're mad different because I think I think Booker is. Uh, if you, I know they're different, you, but they they play this. They they do the same things essentially while being different. They're both score first guys who don't play very, don't play any defense. Who play the two guard position? That's what I mean. I know yeah, they're not the exact I, I same just, player, but I know like what what I'm, what I'm just trying to say is I think I think if you just if when Harden's cooking and you let Booker stand in the corner, I mean. He he's just as efficient as any of the other three point shooters, and I mean the fact too that I mean he'll and he'll definitely they'll be just like you know when when Russ is doing his thing and you know Harden standing with his hand on his hips, like Booker if you just let Booker you know run run isolation and the fact that now you can't double team him because let's be honest in Houston he's getting buckets but he's getting double teamed and you know they're not they're not just letting him go one on one if he blows by someone they're helping. You can't do that in Houston, so I think that makes Booker even better. Yeah, that's fair. Sure, sure. I got I got an interesting one for you guys. I, I this is definitely a different kind of an idea that you guys are thinking about. So I got trade between the Clippers and the Nets. So I got a Paul George for a Kyrie trade, and let me explain this one. Ooh. So, so with. Uh, Start with Clippers in this one. So you bring Kyrie into the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard. So Kyrie excels at a secondary type of position. If you're that second scoring option, he's going to be able to do more than he is for the primary scoring option, which is type of it's kind of the situation he's in with Brooklyn right now. But I'll get more into that later. If you have Kawhi being able to focus on defense while being able to hold potentially the same offensive load as were to bring Kyrie into that situation and have them handle that responsibility evenly, I think that, um, especially with them being a more defensive-minded team, with a bench that will get those buckets where you need them, you bring in a Kyrie to that type of situation, I, I think it'll be able to help Kawhi a lot more than where PG is right now, and you need that from your primary option. And if you're to bring Paul George into the KD situation, situation with Brooklyn. Even though KD with his Warriors days, especially his Warriors days, was a very good defender, you bring in Paul George who can definitely get a bucket when you need him to get a bucket, but if he's able to lock down someone while KD can focus the offensive flow compared to a Kyrie, KD can be able to kind of unload what he can do best and be able to rely on Paul George's defense and be able to have that as a better secondary option compared to a Kyrie. In this hypothetical trade, that. would you use Spencer Dinwiddie as the point guard for um, the Nets? Because the only reason I, I'm kind of countering is just I don't I think we haven't seen Durant without an elite point guard. You know what I mean? We just, I just think you need someone to set up the offense and get him in. Once he gets into his spots, then he goes to work. You know what I mean? I know he can obviously bring the ball up and then – do whatever he wants because he's Durant. But Durant always works better when he gets the ball in a certain his spots and then goes to then goes to work. You know what I mean? As opposed to being the playmaker, because someone would have to play point guard for that team. Yeah, but one thing I'll say, playmakers than Kyrie. Yeah, I agree. And one thing I'll say in Lions defense is, um, I mean, like it's the NBA now. The point guard position is loaded. Like there's so many. The twenty fourth best point guard would probably be like a top twelve point guard, like you know, ten years ago. Yeah. I mean, all these guys. There's you can get a point guard to you know 
theoretically set up the offense so easily. And it's not in the fact that, you know, there's, there's just so many, or you can draft one. Like there, I, I don't, I think the point guard is the easiest position to, um, yeah. to get. And the fact that, I mean, Katie doesn't even need that anyway. Like even look at the way when, if you, if you watch them play in OKC, they, Westbrook wasn't getting him in his spots. He would dribble the ball up and then give him the ball. And he would like KD would kind of post up, yeah, on like you know above the free throw line, catch it with one hand, and then kind of just ISO like. Yeah, oh, well, that's why it didn't work. That's what I'm saying. As soon as he went to play with Steph, Steph, was, I mean that offense, everybody was getting in their own set just because of how deadly the offense was. But that's why it didn't work in OKC because you need someone to get but, him. As well. that, I'm not saying Durant needs shoot. someone to get to his. Yeah, I know he's too good of a score. I know he's too good of a scorer to worry about getting to his spots and stuff like that. But I'm just saying it would help him when we've seen Durant succeed. That's what he's had. You know what I mean? That, that was just my question. Yeah. So, you, what, what do you think? Do you think it's a Do you think it's a bad trade for for Brooklyn? No, I think it's a good trade for both both sides. Actually, if anything, I think it's a yeah, bad I trade for the Clippers. Sure. I think it's a bad trade for the Clippers. I just uh, <laughs> I just think Kyrie's a head case, man. I, I just I don't know. Man, I, I hate know, Kyrie man. much as the next guy, but you know, I, I can kind of see. It. I just think I always like I always like having teams with. And I, I know this, this probably helps the, the Nets, but I'm t- in terms of the Clippers' point of view, and Max Kellerman says this a lot. And of the one thing Max Kellerman always says, I actually kind of agree with this. He always says that you know the two combos you want to have, or the combo you want to have of players to win championships is two two-way wings. We've never seen that fail, right? Have we ever seen two good two-way wings or two-way player fail? Not really. Uh, yeah. Because there hasn't been many of that. It was Jordan Pippen and LeBron and Wade. Yeah. We haven't seen it. Now with these two, I'm sure they're going to win a championship at some point because two two-way wings we haven't seen fail. That, that's just and that's something Max Kellerman always says. He says that would be the combo he'd build a team around would be two two-way wings, and he's I think he's kind of right on that. I always thought it would be a point guard or, or a, guard, a ball handler and a center, but with today's NBA, I'm not sure that's the way to go. Kind of like what you're going off with the Nuggets type of situation with Kawhi. Like, yeah, he can get buckets down the line, but if I can have another guy that I can truly trust to get a bucket down the line simply because of Paul George in the last year, two years with him trying to get buckets, especially in the fourth quarter, if I can have someone like a Kyrie knowing that he can get me buckets in the fourth quarter just to take that load off of Kawhi, even though I might be able to get it, then I, I think that might be the only type of situation but I think I think we're forgetting the whole other side of the ball because you have Lou Williams for that. Paul George, most of his value, a lot of his value on the Clippers is his defense to be able to, especially when you go play the Lakers and the Bucks to throw Paul George, Pat Bev sometimes Kawhi and these guys, Marcus Morris onto guys like LeBron and and, um, and Giannis. That just takes one less guy from that, and you replace him. With a guy who's a shooting guard, a small a scoring that is, guard. That is that is true. That is, and you true. already yeah, have one in Lou Will. You already have that. Fair. But one thing I'll say about Kyrie is that makes that that makes that Lakers matchup just so spicy, man. Like I'm yeah. not even talking right, about that'd be, so, that'd be so much fun. That'd I'm not so even talking about the relationship, but I just I don't I think Kyrie will look at the other side. I mean, even yeah, he has the Braun motivation, but I mean, I just I think he's looking at, you know, Avery Bradley and I mean, a washed up Avery Bradley, a washed up Rondo and Caruso, and he's just he's licking his lips in the, in the if they play in the playoffs, like yeah. But I I just think the way you win is is 
two two-way wings and guys that can defend and score, whereas Kyrie's not doing that. Paul George is he can get you buckets and he and he's a much he's a, he's a good shooter as well. So he spaces the floor. I'm not saying Kyrie's not a good shooter, but Paul George spaces the floor and he's just an extra body. To, you got to think of the matchups they would be playing. The teams that the Clippers are worried about is the Lakers and the Bucks. Having an extra guy to throw at LeBron or to throw at um, Giannis and Paul George, he's six nine and a half. He can even be a switch on AD if he needed to. You know what I mean? Just having an extra guy who's a defensive player of the year. Paul candidate. George cannot guard AD. I'm not saying he can, nah, yeah. but he's going to do a better job than Kyrie. Just having an extra body if you need to switch. The thing about the Clippers is that team can switch any position. One through well, five, that team can switch. Like the Celtics, you know, you got two, two way elite guards and Jalen Tatum. And no, we said, no, no, no. You, you, said, you, said, you said elite. Uh, Jalen's not elite. Uh, yeah, I said elite. Oh. Yeah, Jalen's not elite. Not even close. Oh, you're a casual. Oh, okay. Not even close. <laughs> And you know Giannis is coming to Miami, so we're running the tables. All right, uh, we're running on almost oh, two hours have. here now, so that's actually going to close out this episode. Appreciate you guys listening in this far. Uh, so, again, this is this is a part of our question series. We talked about the, the current NBA and the present NBA with, with the bubble. Um, not sure exactly what we'll talk about on the next part, if we're going to continue with the present, if we're going to move towards the future, but stay tuned and well, listen and find out. Sure. All right, you guys got anything else? I think we're going to go for the future unless you guys like this wants to continue it. But I appreciate y'all listening. And let us know if you guys got any questions, and we'll definitely be able to talk about them here, see what we got to say. And uh, and I appreciate you guys listening. All right. Jalen, you got anything? Basketball's almost back, boys. Let's get it. Thank God. Thank God. All right. Everybody take care. Stay safe. We'll see you on the next one.